Hi, welcome to another episode of the Autism Everyday Podcast. We are your hosts, Swati and Geeta. So before we go any further, we're going to go over the who we are and what we do. So please bear with us. And if you already know us pretty well and you've been listening to our podcasts, just fast forward. You can skip this. <laughs> so Geeta and I are both certified behavior analysts. We run an ABA-based school, We Can, in a sunny seaside suburb of Chennai. We are act-based clinicians and we've co-founded India's first acceptance and commitment therapy clinic run purely by BCBAs. Geeta and I frequently present our practical work with children in the form of scientific, scientifically published research. It's out in some high-impact journals and not to brag, but some of our work has made it across the globe in over five countries. <laughs> Okay. And in more recent times, we're the creators and co-hosts of this amazing podcast and co-authors on a book on autism that will be in stores shortly. Yes, we are hoping very shortly. You know, I think that was like a really long introduction. <laughs> Next time, I'm just going to say, hi, I'm Swatya. I want to be a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, okay, to, on today's podcast, we have a very lovely person. She is a WestJet flight attendant by profession, but more importantly, and very relevant to this podcast, she is an autism super mom. Vidya from Toronto. Hi, Vidya. Hi, Swati. Hi, Geeta. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. We know it isn't easy with the time zone difference and, you know, the schedules and everything. And we really, really look forward to today's conversation. Right. Likewise. Thank you so much. Okay. So for our listeners, like real quick, if you want to know more about Vidya, pop over to her blog. It's www.autismfamilystory.com where she blogs her experience um, but we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting, yeah. isn't it? Um, so yeah, over to you. Yeah. So let's, um, are we good to go with you? Uh, yes, we are good. Yes. Right. Okay. So f- for the benefit um, of our listeners, would you be able to go back a little bit in time and talk about your son and what went through your mind when you first heard the word autism? Uh, sure. So, uh, my son Arian was uh, born. Let me start this again. Our son Arian was born in the year 2005. So in the beginning, he hit all his milestones and there was never any cause for a worry. Yeah. Things did start changing around 18 months of age. So we started noticing Arian had no eye contact. He would not respond to his name. He wouldn't play with the toys. He was toe walking. And he had started babbling, but he was also losing it at the same time. So we were noticing all these signs. But for me and my husband, autism was something which was never on our mind because we never heard about it. We never knew what autism was. So we were just thinking in our mind that it was a slow development. So um, Arian's Arian's, uh, grandmother, my mother-in-law, she is a special needs teacher. And she was the one who first brought it to our attention that Arian might have autism. So as new parents, it was really shocking for us to hear that our child might have a disability, like a lifelong disability. Mm 
So that is how basically our journey in the world of autism started. And after that, uh, you know, like any other mom, I used to worry a lot whether my child has this disability. And I always used to think maybe my my mother-in-law is wrong. Maybe she made a mistake. Maybe, you know, things are not as bad. Right. And I used to have this debate going on in our mind. Then we uh, brought it to our son's pediatrician's uh, attention that, you know, things were not looking good and we were suspecting Arian might have autism. Because here in Canada, the doctor never brought it to our attention on our monthly visits that, you know, things were not good and Arian might have autism. Mm -hmm. So that is how everything started. So Arian's pediatrician referred us to the early intervention services wherein uh, we were taken to a room. It was me, my husband, Ben, and then Arian and two early interventionists. And they just asked us to sit on one side in the room. And they were trying to interact with Arian. They were asking him to roll a ball, uh, put a block in the container, just simple things. But, you know, Arian was not able to do anything at that time because the skill regression had already started. And how old was he at that point of time? He was around 19 months at that time. Right. And um, in Canada, by law, they cannot tell you anything. Even if the things are, you know, not looking good, by law, they cannot say anything because we need to wait for a formal diagnosis. Right. So after the assessment, we came out and they said that the things did not look good and we ha- there are some problems and we need to wait for a formal diagnosis. Now, the time between this assessment and the formal diagnosis was exactly one year. So he, we had to wait for a year wow. to get a formal diagnosis. So that, that was a long time to wait. Must have been very hard, right? The, the suspense of... Yes, you know, it was very hard long. because, you know... Kind of, you know, I think slowly we started realizing that, you know, what my mother-in-law was saying was probably true because we started noticing those signs. Uh, I started doing a little bit reading to read about autism. And I think that's how the things became clear that, you know, there was surely some problem. And now we had to wait for a formal diagnosis because the way it works in Canada is, once the child has a formal diagnosis, then they go on a government-funded wait list for um, government-funded ABA. Right. They provide right. like 40 hours a week of ABA, but then there is a long wait list for that. The wait list can be up to three to four years, but you need a formal diagnosis to get on that wait list. So um, in the meanwhile, uh, what happened is we realized that Arian was losing skills quickly and the regression had already set in. So we could not just wait doing nothing. So we did some research. We spoke to a few people and we found out that ABA was the best therapy for him. And that's how we started Arian with uh, ABA right before the diagnosis. So that's how uh, everything started for Arian. Right. Mm. Oh, that, that that's something, right? Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you started ABA, um, you started off early thanks to, you know, the research and mm-hmm. speaking to your friend. What was what was it like after that? What was the journey? You know, did he get into the school system or was he, you know, what, what was it like after that? 
So what happened is uh, we had started the ABA. And in the meanwhile, we had this um, one of the early interventionists come to our home once a month. And she used to really try hard engaging with Arian. But it was really difficult because one hour once a month was not making any difference. Arian was not engaging at all. And as a mother, it was very heartbreaking for me to watch my son not being able to engage and, you know, having difficulty with even doing simple things. So one or during one of those visits, I asked this early interventionist, is there anything I could do? I wanted to really help my son, but I have no idea what I could do. And I think she gave me the best advice, which changed everything for us. She told me, Vidya, if you really want to help your son, go back to school. And I think that was the best decision I took. So I right. went back to school. I did my autism graduation certificate, which, of course, took me three years because I had a family. I had another son. I had my job. So it was not that easy to, you, you know, just finish everything in one go. So I, it took me a long time. But I think that was the best decision because I never looked back after that. And mm. then I started working with my son. Uh, alongside with his ABA therapist. And uh, also we were doing some other therapies. We introduced him to speech therapy, occupational yeah. therapy. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, I started working with my son. And then in Canada, they get into the school system at four years of age. So at four years of age, my son uh, started school. And uh, then things went on from there. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. It's so heartwarming to know that you went back to school to help him. That's that's just beautiful. Yeah, I, and I think I, that it's a sense of empowerment there, isn't it? You feel like you are involved, you are in the know, and you are able to actually do something, and not just have to wait for somebody to to be there with you know working with your son. Exactly, you know, because the thing is, like I just mentioned, you know, the therapist, they were only coming one hour, you know, a couple of times a week, but we were with the child rest of the time. So by being able to put those strategies in place and uh, helping him consistently, that's what uh, helped him in the long run. And that's how we started progress. And we started noticing Arian slowly started learning. So I think that was very encouraging for us um, as parents and very encouraging for me. And that's what kept me going um, in the long run. And I think uh, it has proved to be the best decision. Today, my son is a teenager and he has really come a very long way in spite of a dual diagnosis. Um, I think he has really progressed and I'm sure he has uh, more way to go, but um, I'm very happy uh, with the overall outcome. Wow, that's that's a rare thing to hear, and that's I know, so amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> more power to you, yeah. Vidya, and to Thank, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, I know you're super passionate about AACs, um, alternative and augmented for, augmentative forms of communication, like PECs and more digitalized forms, I think. So would you be able to tell all the moms and all the dads and just about everybody listening in to this podcast a little bit about AACs and your journey with that? Uh, Sure. So early on, as I mentioned, uh, Arian started babbling around 18 months of age and then he lost his speech. Mm, So that was the time uh, during which he got diagnosed with autism. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, it was like a miracle. Every single day, I used to hear new words. Arian used to say single words. So that was so encouraging for us. You know, I used to have a running list on my refrigerator. Every time I heard a new word, I used to run and just note it down on my refrigerator. And it, it was really very, very encouraging for us. Even though he was not speaking in sentences, but, you know, there were new words coming up every day. And then one, one day, suddenly, he got silent once again, which again, we failed to notice. So we had this speech therapist come to our house. And when we mentioned to him that Arian lost his speech the second time, he said that that was not good and that we should get in touch with a neurologist right away. So again, we made a, a referral to the pediatrician because in Canada, Canada, you have to go to a pediatrician, get a referral to see the different specialists. So he put in, he put us in touch with this neurologist and we went to them and we explained, you know, how Arian lost his speech the second time. And he was very much concerned. So he sent us to the sick kids hospital to do an EEG on Arian. Right. And sure enough, uh, in a month, we got the second diagnosis for Arian. Not many people are aware about it. Uh, the second diagnosis is Lando-Kleffner syndrome. So Arian has got uh -huh. sleeping seizures. So that is what he uh, got diagnosed with at the age of seven. And that took his voice away. And sadly, Arian never spoke after that. So that was very heartbreaking for us. And uh, so in the meanwhile, when he first got diagnosed with autism and he was not speaking, we started him on PECS. I'm sure everybody is familiar with PECS, the Picture Exchange Communication System. That's right. Yeah. But we noticed that, you know, we were not making that much progress. Like, yes, he was able to request for things, but I think we struggled with the other uh, aspects of communication. So in the year 2012, when Arian was seven years old, we uh, got an AAC device, uh, which stands for Alternative and Augmentative Communication. So uh, we got introduced to Proloco to go So that is the app which uh, we got introduced to. And we started um, our journey in the world of AAC. Arian started communicating with the Proloco to go and uh, so that was very hard as well in the beginning because I, we had to learn the whole system. We had to learn how the app works. We had to learn the motor plan of the app. And the most important thing of all is to continuously keep modeling it for Arian because it's not that you just give the child a device and the child knows what to do. You have to yes. keep on modeling the device for him. So as a parent, it was really very difficult in the beginning. Uh, we tried our best. Sometimes it was very hard for us to do it, but still we kept going at it. So Arian made a lot of progress in using his AAC. If he was motivated for something, he could go to the, his iPad, look for the things and request for it. Nice. But the thing with uh, Proloco to go is as the app started getting more advanced, there were more um, updates and then the things started getting really harder from there. Right. And the problem is, it's not that Arian didn't know how to use the device, but the problem was initiation, initiating to use the device. That was a very hard one. 
So uh, last year, uh, we made a decision to change Arian over to Touch Chat. I don't know if you all have heard about Touch Chat. Uh-huh. No, yeah. okay. So this is the app now Arian is using. It is much easier than Proloco to go. And I think in the past... Uh, uh, maybe a few months, Arian has made a lot of progress uh, with the touch chat. And again, the same thing. It is a AAC is the language which our children speak. And as parents, as the family, we need to speak that language for our child to learn to speak that language. So that's how the things work with AAC. So I think over the years, uh, I have got pretty comfortable uh, navigating the device, making any changes if there are any updates, if uh, new words have to be added, if something has to be taken out, I'm uh, pretty comfortable with it, with it for Arian now. That's nice. Oh, fantastic. Vidya, would you be able to tell us, like give us a, you know, like an example of something that Arian has said using his touch chat AAC now? Oh, sure. So, um, as I said, we are currently in the States and uh, Arian loves to go out on a golf cart. Okay. uh, And he loves doing that. We go out every day um, on the uh, golf cart and I was teaching him how he can request to go out. So one day, out of the blue, spontaneously, Arian went to his device. He goes to the group's and he goes to the vehicles and then he says, I want go golf cart. So that was so spontaneous. Wow. I was amazed. It was like there was no prompting. There was nothing. He just went to his device. He took it and he requested for it. So even, you know, um, sometimes I say, I love you, Arian. And spontaneously, I get a reply back from him. I love you, mom. I think that was the most touching uh, for me to hear that from my son. Oh, that is Absolutely. so beautiful. I, I know that our listeners are just going to tear up. I'm almost tearing up <laughs> listening to that. Yes, yeah. oh, I teared up a lot that day. You know, it was so like it was so heartwarming for me because I was longing to hear that from my son and for him yes. to just go and spontaneously say that to me. You know, I think I was so emotional that day. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. can imagine something that every parent it's a dream, right? It's a dream. Exactly. We wait to hear that from our child. Uh, I think that was a dream, uh, you know, dream come true for me. Right. Right. That's that's so touching and, and lovely. I hope, uh, you know, that's going to inspire a lot of parents listening in on to this. And uh, absolutely. This and be, be that motivation for yeah. them to take up yeah. AAC and really take it forward. forward yeah. yeah. Focus, focus. Correct. Focus because, Geet, Because, you know, Geeta and Swati, what I'm noticing is parents are scared to introduce their children to the AAC. They think that it is going to not allow them to develop speech, but that is totally incorrect. Actually, AAC helps the children to develop speech. So if there are any parents out there who are hesitating, I'm going to tell you, go ahead, give your child that voice. It will definitely help them in the long run. Right. Vidya, you you practically like grabbed the words out of our mouth. We were just going to tell you that you won't believe the number of times we've said, you know, can you take a look at pecs or can you take a look at some of the app communication? Mm -hmm. And, you know, most parents, they're nervous because they're scared. And of course, I understand where they're coming from, but they're scared their child will stop Stop. talking. Correct, correct. 
But but this is so wonderful to yeah. hear Arian's yeah. story yeah. and to hear how he's yeah. found his voice thanks to this. Yeah. You know. Yes, he has found his voice, and I'm very thankful because what happened is early on when Arian started school, we because uh, again in Canada things are done a little different in a different way. So yeah. we had to put in a referral for a AAC device, and I remember at that time his teacher was not too happy because I was trying to put the referral. But I told her, if my son speaks, that's the best thing. That is what I want as a parent. But if he doesn't, we are we still have to give him a voice. So I had to really fight for it to put Arian on that list to get that AAC, and I'm glad I did. Yes, yes, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So if if you had a message for, you know, young moms um, who have a child with ASD, what would it be like? They're beginning the journey. You've just got a diagnosis. You've been through it. And what is one thing that you would really, really, you know, like them to know? Sure. So actually, there are a few things, Swati, if it's okay, I can just mention them. Because I think these are the things they have personally helped me. So I'm sure they will help other moms. So the first thing I would like to tell any mom who has got autism diagnosis for their child is to accept the diagnosis. That is the most important thing. Accept the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. That is number one. Number two is, is to take one day at a time. Mm. Things will change. Things will get better. So, but you have to give it some time. You cannot expect the changes to happen overnight. Mm. Number three is you have to set up some kind of a communication system for your child, whether whether it is a low-tech PEX just to begin with or a high-tech AAC device. It is very important that early on you set up a communication system for your child. Mm. And then ask for help. You cannot do things alone. Try to build a team. Try to build a team of teachers, therapists, uh, maybe some members from your family. Try to join community. Try to join autism support groups. So build your team. I think these are the most important things. And the, the last thing, but the one which is the most important is believe in your child. Do yes. not go by what the professionals tell you. We were told that Arian will not be able to do the, a lot of things. But today, I'm so glad that Arian has proved them wrong. My son is a reader. Arian reads. I discovered it by accident. So I didn't believe in them. I believed in my child. Believe in yourself. You're your child's best and only advocate. So you are an expert on your child. So yes. that's how, as a mom... You need to think that way and things will change. My son has come a long, long way and I can guarantee you that, that the things will change. It will take time, patience and a lot of consistency because in the end, you need to get involved in your child's education, in their therapies and implement the strategies consistently at home and you will see progress. That's that's fantastic. And I'm sure as, as moms, as parents, there will be those, you know, cyclical, um, um, you know, you, you go through moments when you feel kind of low and you know, this is going nowhere kind of situation. And then there are times when it feels like, oh, things are not bad. But to be able to get through all this and believe in your child, 
And that's, I think that's a beautiful message that you've given to the parents. That's correct. I think that's the most important thing which helped me personally. Hmm. Hmm. Wonderful. And if you had a message for professionals who work with, you know, children with autism, what would that be? My message to the professionals will be that not to judge our kids, especially the kids who are nonverbal, because I personally experienced this and it was very hurtful. Even now I experience it. Today, my son is a teenager. But when people know that he is nonverbal, they automatically assume that he doesn't understand. He is not capable. And this is my biggest message to the professionals that don't label the children like that. You know, as parents, we are already hurting with the diagnosis. We are trying our best to help our kids. So encourage the parents to help their kids. Don't demotivate them because there will be some parents out there who might get so demotivated. I've heard a lot of stories uh, personally and who have given up already on their kids just because the professionals told them what their kids can and cannot do. So right. this is something I think the professionals have to be very careful mm-hmm. uh, when they are working with kids with autism. And uh, also, you know, encourage the parents, support the parents, because I think that is what we need. We need to work as a team. We need to be members on the same team to help the child. Yeah, not not on opposite sides. After Correct. all, the child's the focus. Right? Correct. Correct. So, so for professionals also to believe in the child. Exactly. I think believing because, uh, you know, our children can sense it. I'm sure our children know. They know that we believe in them. And, uh, you know, like any other kids, they want to do best as well. So if they can sense it, I'm sure Arian knows that I believe in him. He knows it and he really wants to do well. So it is like as a mom, I think he he feeds off my, uh, I can say, I don't know the right word, but my energy. If I'm down, yeah. he's down. So he, he, they exactly, they, they can feel, you know, uh, your feelings towards them. Right, right. You know, Vidya, you've said so many insightful, beautiful things in today's conversation. If I were to pick one, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's between <laughs> believing in your child and being their advocate to you know the fact that they need a voice you have to have to give them a voice you know I'm I'm so torn but I think you've made really such profound statements today yes and and it has so much more value because it comes from a mother someone who's experienced it been there done that Mm. and continues to do that and a super mom (laughs) autism super mom (laughs) oh my god i'm i'm really honored but uh you know in the end of the day i have a i have my moments as well some days it's really hard even for me i'm sure yeah i always try to see how far we have come and that's what keeps me going because it's been a long journey uh we started when arian was two years of age he's going to be 16 this year so it's been a very long journey i've learned a lot over the years um i have grown a lot as a parent we arian has made so much progress we still have a long way to go but when i see how far we have come that's what keeps gives me the confidence to keep going and some days are really hard um, it is very natural as parents it is really hard but i still try to always see the bright side and just keep going 
Right. Yeah, such an important takeaway is not to forget where we started. Um, not to forget what yesterday was because sometimes it's easy to forget that this child could not do something and here he is doing it so beautifully, right? And then exactly. we are busy, you know, jumping up to, but why are you not doing that thing? So we have another goal <laughs> all set for them, forgetting that he's come a long way here. That's so important to keep in mind. Yes, very, very important. And I think this is also a big message. Uh, like this is, a, this is a message to the parents as well that, you know, always see how far you have come and, yes. you know, you will, you will feel better. You know, the days you don't feel like doing anything, take a break. It's okay to take a break. You don't have to do therapy 24 hours. They are kids. You need a break. You take care of yourself so you can help them. Beautiful. Yes. yes, so important that that one line that moms and dads need to take care of themselves too. And they they are a unit, they have their needs and they need a break. Yes. Because very, we are so consumed. Me, myself, one at one time I used to drive Arian every day to some therapy, to, you know, yes. some group. And then I had, I stopped because, you know, that was not helping me. It was burning me out. So I'm glad that I realized it early on. Yes. And that, that is the life of many mothers. Yeah. They're, they're constantly ferrying the children from one thing to the other, to the next. It's very hard. And then taking care of home, taking care of other children. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that was very, very beautiful and very insightful. Thank you. I think every sentence you said, there was some value added to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. You know, this was, uh, this was really, um, I think now that I'm, uh, you know, listening to this, um, you know, yeah, I'm, uh, even now I'm feeling how far have we come? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm sure every time you talk about it, you think, oh my God, yes. <laughs> I know. Are, it's, right? it's really been a long journey. Yes. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, Vidya, for being on our podcast. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Swati and Gita. I'm really very honored uh, for being here on your podcast. And thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to be a guest on your podcast. And uh, if it's okay with you, I would like to say something to your audience. Please yeah. do. Yeah, go for it. So uh, thank you once again. I would like to thank you guys for listening to this podcast today and uh, you know Swati and Geeta I love their podcast it's amazing oh, please give you. them a five-star review and oh. I'm sure they will be able to reach more special needs parents oh Vidya <laughs> thank, you. thank you for that <laughs> and for all of you listening in stay safe stay home if your area continues to be affected by COVID-19 Get your vaccines already. Get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> and see you on the other side. Bye-bye.